0: This is the Thrive Podcast with Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. And now, Pastor Fred Jeff Smith. Hi, this is Fred Jeff Smith, pastor of the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church, and I'm welcoming you to the first ever podcast of our church. We're calling it the Thrive Podcast with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. Thrive is an acronym. It stands for transformative thinking, help in ministry, Renewed relationships, invitation to evangelism, visionary worship, and excellence in administration. That's what we feel like we at Shiloh need to be about, and we think that this podcast can play a role in helping us move in that direction. As this is being recorded, it is uh, the first Tuesday of 2018. And as is typical, when we start New Year's, we think about new and fresh things that we might be able to do in order to fulfill our mandate uh, to Christ, evangelize the lost, disciple the saved, minister to the needs of hurting people. We have decided that we're going to delve into the area of podcasting and see if this works for our church i need to tell you this right up front uh this has not been in any way uh a, a strategized uh outlined detailed uh, pre-prepared podcast at all. Uh, in fact, this first podcast is more or less an introduction into what we hope to accomplish over uh, the weeks, months, and years to come. Our expectation is to provide a weekly podcast that uh, is directed primarily to the members of our church, but certainly not limited to the members of our church. Uh, there might be people within the Baton Rouge community uh, that might find a uh, our thoughts, our conversations to be helpful uh, to you as we go forth. There might be people beyond the Bad News community who will find these conversations helpful. Uh, When when I was uh, sharing with uh, people the idea of a podcast, one person asked a very simple, very direct but a very profound question. Why? Why are we going to do a podcast what do we hope to accomplish with the podcast and uh, my immediate response is uh, it is my hope that through this venue we might uh, develop uh, a new avenue of communication Uh, I think the communication is very important I think that uh, in the second decade of the 21st century as we're quickly moving toward the third decade of the 21st century uh, the church needs to communicate, uh, not just with the members who come within the church walls, but with the larger Christian community. Uh, The church needs uh, to be able to develop uh, conversations, uh, to initiate conversations uh, with interesting and thoughtful and intelligent and insightful and creative individuals that would allow us to think differently about the issues that confront us and how those issues uh, play a role in uh, the church life. Uh, and in the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Does Jesus have something to say about the various social justice issues uh, that confront us? And is it something that we gather simply from being in worship on Sunday morning? Or is there something uh, more? Can we go deeper deeper? in this conversation. I I think that it's important that the church uh, take the lead and not be fearful of where that conversation might go. I hope to learn things uh, through this process. Uh, Today's podcast is just uh, me uh, introducing this idea, this concept uh, to the larger community. But uh, in coming uh, podcasts, We're going to be doing interviews with church staff. We're going to be doing interviews with community leaders. We're going to be doing interviews uh, with people of various races, people of various incomes, people of various political backgrounds, social backgrounds, uh, people who think like us, people who think very differently from us, and see if uh, first there's a place of common ground, there's a place where we can meet, where we can discuss, where we can agree, and where uh, we can mobilize. Because ultimately, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just a philosophy. It calls for us to become mobile. It calls for us to become active. Jesus calls for us to move. He calls for us to move from where we were from the stale thinking that we are accustomed to, from the stale thinking of religious orthodoxy, to move into something fresh and vibrant and alive and relevant to uh, the the people that we deal with on a daily basis. Uh, my father, Charles T. Smith, who pastored Shiloh for 50 years was very fond of talking about the fact that the church needed to be relevant meaningful and purposeful and part of that uh, relevance is the ability to adapt uh, the gospel to shape Uh, and reshape the gospel message uh, for succeeding generations. And so, in answer to the question, why a podcast, uh, the the immediate goal is to foster new communication that might allow us to think differently, that will allow us to then act differently and bring about transformative change. Uh, There there are serious social issues that confront us. as a community, and these issues needed need to be fleshed out. They need to be dealt with. Uh, economics, H- how does economics confront us as African-Americans and as African-American Christians and as African-Americans in the South and as African-Americans in Louisiana? Uh, employment issues, I'm always uh, a little concerned When I hear uh, on national news sites uh, that the unemployment levels uh, in this nation are at historic lows, uh, because those numbers don't take into account Uh, the breakout of of what happens when you just look at african-americans when you just look at african-american males when you just look at african-american males uh below a certain age when you just look at african-american males below a certain uh educational level those numbers spike and those are the numbers that we have to deal with on a daily basis it's it's easy for uh, national news sites to say that unemployment is at 4.1 percent for the nation, uh, but they gloss over the fact that unemployment is much, much higher—seven, uh, eight, ten, twelve percent, depending upon which region of the country that you're talking about. When you're talking about African Americans and the various uh, social states that African Americans uh, find themselves in, when you talk about food deserts, and, and somebody's probably sitting there saying, "What?" In blazes is a food desert. A food desert is uh, an area uh, where a large pocket of primarily poor, primarily African American people live, where they have no access uh, to fresh vegetables. They have no access to grocery stores. The nearest grocery store is five, seven, nine miles away, and uh, these people have to struggle uh, in order to uh, get food. Uh, at reasonable prices of a certain quality to put on the table for uh, their children and their families to eat. You you hear all of these studies that are being put out all the time about uh, this nation being the most overweight uh, and the most obese at, uh, that they've ever been at any point in their history. Well, for many of these people, it's because the only access to food that they have is to processed foods and uh sweet foods and foods that are designed uh to give you a quick fill of the belly but not to give you any kind of real nutrition there's a reason why african-american people are more overweight than any other people in this country there's a reason why uh, our cholesterol rates are higher than anyone else's, our blood pressure rates are higher than anyone else's. There's a reason why we lead the nation in diabetes. It's because for many people within the African American community, access to good, nutritious, organic food is simply at a minimum, and and and. Does the church have a responsibility in lifting this issue and bringing it out to the public for people to see, for people to hear, and for people to be made to give a response to? Certainly in the Baton Rouge area, over the last couple of years, law enforcement has been a major issue. Uh, since before uh, the shooting death of Alton Sterling uh, on July 5th of 2000, uh 16. Uh, It it has been a major issue that went on long before that. The Baton Rouge Police Department needs to undergo tremendous reform. Uh, It needs to undergo reform with regard to Uh, it's hiring practices. It needs to undergo reform with regard to how it investigates itself and whether or not it is capable of investigating itself when it comes to police-involved shootings of civilians. Uh, The Baton Rouge Police Department needs to have a recommitment to uh, community policing that goes beyond the mere using of the term and is actually involved in a prolonged uh, strategy of community policing that makes every segment of the community feel affirmed. the The Baton Rouge Police Department needs to look at uh, its requirements of residency, uh, where people live. I think it's appalling that there are people who live in outer parts of the greater Baton Rouge area, and yet they serve as uh, police officers within. Baton Rouge. Some live as far away as Mississippi. Some live 50, 55 miles away. They carry police vehicles out that far on a daily basis. And yet... They make their living uh, saying that they protect and serve the people of Baton Rouge. And I know some people think that there's no connection between the two, but for me, there is. If you don't feel a part of a community, if you don't feel like uh, you are vested, your family is vested in the community that you are charged to protect and serve, then I think that it has a negative impact in the way in which you do your job. Job, and I think that the church has a responsibility to to bring these issues uh, to the fore, and to at least talk about it, and 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 speak uh, what we believe the gospel has to say about these issues, and demand some kind of a response from the community that will help us to find consensus in our thinking. Uh, one of the big issues that's uh, plaguing our community right now has to do with how uh, we're going to respond to the industrial tax uh, exemption. Uh, the the, the uh, chemical industry uh, in our community is saying that Governor John Bell Edwards made a terrible mistake in allowing communities uh, to have a say in whether or not uh, these industries will continue to receive exemptions and how they would receive exemptions. The other side of the issue being voiced by many parties, uh, one of which is Together Baton Rouge, which we are a part of, uh, has to do with, with the belief that uh, by offering these exemptions to these industries uh, goods and services and government services, hospitals and schools uh, are missing out on millions of, of tax dollars that could go to benefit the residents of this community. Where's the balance in that? Uh, does the gospel have something to say about that? Or are these issues that some people say well the church needs to stay over here and just talk about salvation and Jesus as opposed to talking about the fact that Jesus was interested in the whole person. One of the things that, that Shiloh has been built upon is the concept of holistic ministry. And, and simply put, it means this. Jesus was not simply concerned that every soul go to heaven when you die. Jesus was concerned about the quality of living that we experience on a daily basis. Jesus was concerned about physical needs. He was concerned about mental and emotional needs. He was concerned about economic needs. He was concerned about social needs. And Jesus conducted his ministry, brief as it was, trying to address all of those issues to elevate the quality of life of the total person. As disciples of Jesus Christ, it is our responsibility to follow his example and to implement holistic ministry as a part of what we do. Therefore, we can't be uh, simply concerned with uh, making sure that every person is a member of the church. I want you to be a member of the church. But even if you're not a member of the church, I'm concerned with the quality of your life. And Jesus is concerned about the quality of your life. And I want to do what I can as a local pastor of a congregation uh, to uh, Engage in conversation with the right people in the right places so that we can bring these issues to the forefront and have intelligent discussion about them. Uh, Health care, of course, is is an issue that affects all of us, but it, it affects African-Americans in a way that it doesn't affect other segments of Society. I've already run down the list of the fact that we suffer more from diabetes, we suffer more from heart disease, we suffer more from cholesterol than other uh, uh, groups within our society. We also suffer more from uh, sexually transmitted diseases uh, and HIV and AIDS than other segments of society. And that's not just true uh, within uh, our racial component, that's true within this city. This city, in in this city, in certain parts of this city, uh, sexually transmitted diseases are at epidemic proportions. What is it that we can do as a church to to make these issues known? Aside from being told, well, don't engage in, in that behavior, which I agree in many cases, we shouldn't engage in that behavior. But beyond that, should we not have a concern for those who are sick? If I'm in a hole For you to tell me you shouldn't be in the hole doesn't do anything to get me out of the hole. You got to do something to help me get out of the hole. Now, once I get out of the hole, if I go back into it, then that's on me. But first, before you tell me you shouldn't have fallen into the hole, how'd you get into the hole? What a bad person you are for being in the hole. Why don't you help me get out of the hole? And, and, and then we can see what we can do voting rights and voting responsibility this is going to be a very 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 significant issue uh, o- over the next weeks and months and it's always a significant issue especially when African Americans look back at their history and realize that voting for us is not simply uh, a right it is a responsibility it is our way of of honoring those who shed their blood, who gave their lives to make it possible for us to vote. We didn't come here into this country with the ability to vote. And people did everything that they could to keep us from voting. They used methods of intimidation. They used methods of manipulation. They used methods of of uh, economic uh, hardship in order to try to keep us from voting. And and now the the shame is that while we have the right to vote, too many of us don't take advantage of that right. And and then we complain and we cry and we moan about what comes uh, with regard to the policies, the, the, the procedures uh, of government with, with regard to who's elected into what office and how they conduct themselves once they're in office. If you did not take the time to vote on tax measures, on policy changes, on school board races, on city council races, For the mayor's office, for the sheriff, for the district attorney, for congresspeople, for state legislators. If you did not take the time to vote, if you had something to do that was more important than voting when 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 you had the opportunity, then you really don't have a right to complain about where we are in a society and the 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 racial. Uh, bigotry that and discrimination that seems to be shown by some of those who assume and sit in these seats. It is our responsibility uh, to, to pay homage to those who suffered and bled and died in order for us to be able to have the right to vote. Uh, certainly as a church, we don't want to tell people how to vote, but we do want to tell people that they do have a responsibility to vote. So we should take that seriously. Schools, if there is a vehicle uh, by which African-American people can improve themselves, can make a vast difference in the quality of their lives uh, over the next several decades, it is through education. What are we doing with education? Uh, How are we paying attention? to what's happening to us with education. What, what is going on with dollars that are being spent in the name of education? What's the distinction between public school dollars and charter school dollars and independent school dollars? Uh, what, do, wh- what does the church think about the fact that public school dollars are being spent in many ways to support private school ventures uh, and, and has been going on in this state Uh, For as long as I can remember, Uh, public school dollars uh, put uh, food in private schools for children to eat through school lunch programs. Well, why do these private schools exist? They existed because they didn't want to send their children to school with certain other children. And yet they want to take advantage of the opportunity to feed those children in their private schools with public school dollars. We use public school transportation in many cases uh, to pick up and deliver these kids to parochial and, and uh, private schools. Does the church have a voice in that? Do we have something to say about that? Is there equity in the way that this is being conducted? And uh, if we have serious conversation about this i would love to have conversation with people who can point out where i may be incorrect in some of the things uh, that i'm thinking some of the things that that i believe i believe that intelligent conversation exposes one to the opportunity to learn that he's been wrong so that you can get right so i think that through this podcast uh shiloh missionary baptist church Wants to explore ideas that go beyond the traditional things that people think of when they think of church. They think of music ministry, which I think is important. They think of uh, benevolence groups, which I think are uh, very much a part of what we do. They think of the worship experience or they think of Sunday school and things of that sort. All those things are important. But If the church is to have the kind of impact in the community that we want to have, the kind of impact that Jesus said that the church should have, then we have to move beyond just a Sunday morning, Wednesday uh, morning or evening uh, activity schedule. And we have to move into areas where people live, on a seven day a week, 24 hour a day basis. And ask questions with regard to the issues that we have raised and and issues that are going to come up uh, over the time uh, that we will spend together. We want to try to transform the way that we think. We want to be a beacon of help in the way that we provide ministry and service to the people who are in need of it. We want to renew relationships with people. One of the things, uh, one of the terrible truths of this 21st century is that there are fewer people who attend worship today, fewer people who are a part of a local congregation or an organized church today than at any point in the recorded history of this nation. Uh, and, And if we are to be the church that Jesus wants us to be we have to ask ourselves what is it that we are failing to provide that is causing people to walk away from the church and say i simply don't need that to be a part of my life so we have to look at how we can renew relationships we want to invite people to become a part of us we 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 want to recommit ourselves to the thrust of evangelism, to telling people that God loves them and that Jesus loves them, and that their love is made manifest and relevant in their lives through the love that they experience through his church, through his local congregation. We want to have visionary worship. We want to have worship that inspires and yet worship that also edifies and worship that causes people to think and act differently. Uh, we often say that we want you to leave here better than you were when you came. And, and, and so we are committed to uh, visionary worship experience. And then we're committed to excellence. If you're not concerned with being excellent in everything that you do, then what's the point? In doing it in the things that we offer uh, the God that we serve demands excellence the Christ who died for us demands excellence we serve an excellent God we are saved by an excellent Christ we are indwelled by an excellent Holy Spirit we don't have any business being anything short of excellent in the service that we offer to him and to this community so we hope that this introduction has been helpful to you. I hope that you're still listening. We've been going on now for about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, Every week, we're going to produce a new podcast, and we're going to put it out there. And we hope that uh, you find it to be uh, thought-provoking, that you find it to be interesting, that you find it to be attractive, and that you'll invite others to become a part of it as well. I'm Fred Jeff Smith, pastor of Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church, and I invite you to join with us. Thank you for listening to the Thrive Podcast with Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. Next week, we welcome Reverend Demetria Jones-Smith, Minister of Christian Education. Until next time.